Hello and welcome to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. We are into March at this point and today's episode is going to be something a little unique and something that I am going to be doing moving forward. So a lot of uh, these paranormal podcasts out there that you might listen to, they do a lot of listener story based stuff or user submitted things. I'm not at that point in which I have a large enough listener base to actually draw from that yet. So, in my mind, I considered something else, and I'm now doing pseudo-monthly poll-type things over on Patreon for the higher-tier people who are now able to participate in those polls in order to choose the very first episode of the following month's topic. So, last month we had the poll, and right now Sergio is the only one who's currently on the Patreon of the higher tier, so he chose, and... um. The winner is The Hands Resist Him, being an infamously haunted painting, especially during that, like, height of the internet age. So today we're going to be talking about The Hands Resist Him. Real quick, before we get into that topic, I do want to shout out the Patreon really, really quick. I am having a sort of a resurgence for the Patreon and putting a lot more work into it. I have a lot of content coming out right now. I'm like at the cusp of finishing like three things and then I have two bonus episodes coming out. So there's a lot of things going to be happening over there. And if you do want to support the podcast and just support the overall brand, that is probably the best way to do so. And I have a one, three and five dollar tier list. I'm not going to go anywhere higher than five because I think that for a subscription thing, you want to have it small. And I feel like I really don't need any more than a five so i don't really want to go above that but if you are unable to support through monetary means then uh rating and reviewing is a really really great way to if you do so over on apple spotify stitcher wherever you guys listen to it would be really really helpful and it would help get more episodes like this out into the atmosphere ethos whatever the podcast realm is actually called so let's get into it So today's episode, again, is The Hands Resist Him, and I want to give a huge shout out to TheDailyDot.com, which was a rather huge resource because pretty much could be reading their article. I filled in a few gaps here and there um, with some like additional, using other links and resources to sort of back up the claims, but for the most part, they actually did a really, really phenomenal job, and I don't think that I could have compiled a better list than this one of research and stuff for my script. And uh, all of that is in dedication to, or I should say, all of this is possible because of Fernando Alfonso III, who wrote this article and did the research initially. So without further ado, let's get into The Hands Resist Him. So The Hands Resist Him is actually depicting a photograph that was taken by Bill Stoneham's parents back when he was five years old. How most people say that a picture is worth a thousand words, others would say that this one is worth a lot of nightmares. At the time, Stonehand's father was in advertisement, and he did quite a lot of traveling. The family was staying in his grandmother's apartment over in Chicago in order to save money at this time. The place was rather small, and Stoneham was forced to sleep on a mat in the closet filled with uh, coats, dresses, and hats. He's quoted as saying it was like not being in a room at all. It was like being an article of clothing, he says to the Daily Dot. Stoneham regularly played outside with one of the girls from the neighborhood. 
During one of these occasions, his parents had both kids pose in front of a glass door for a photograph. They could not have known that merely two decades later, Stoneham would transform this rather mundane childhood photo into a terrifying painting that would become the rather infamous internet legend. It was called The Hands Resist Him, and since Stoneham finished the painting back in 1974, three people associated with it have mysteriously died. Countless followers of the 4chan's paranormal portal and the r slash reddit's r slash creepy and encyclopedia, encyclopedia dramatica, creepypasta, wikipedia, all these sites, uh, along with other internet you know, locations devoted to this sort of unsettling and bizarre type of, I guess, things in general, um, painting specifically, or just haunted objects and unexplained mysteries. They all sort of latched onto this story, and uh, right up here next, Fernando actually was able to get some quotes of some users over on these forums, so I'm going to be reading them real quick. User Jupy Knight wrote that I still refuse to look at or study the photo more than like five seconds. It creeps me the beep out. That was written on August 23rd, back on the year in which this was written. I believe it was written in 2015. I could be wrong though. The next user writes, I actually purchased a print of the photograph from his website. I put it on display in my living room and a man that thing made everyone that it saw uncomfortable. The user Snoops My Dog posted this and continues as saying people actually would stop coming over because of it. I ended up having to take it off due to popular demand. It is now under a pile of clothing in my jam pad. I don't know what a jam pad is. It could be something that I just don't understand. So this is the story of the hands resist him. That's pretty much how it goes. People are ultimately creeped out by the display of it. And again, all of this comes from just a rather simple photograph that was taken by a kid's parent that he later painted nothing really too out of the mind nothing too crazy there's no you know writing it in blood or stuff like that just a photograph that turned into a painting so in the year of 1972 we're gonna take it back a a few years from here this is two years before the painting was actually made so stoneham's first wife roanne had just penned a poem titled hands resist him It was about Stoneham's experience with being adopted and never knowing his biological siblings. At the time, the couple lived in California, and Stoneham was under contract with a gallery owner by the name of Charles Feinsgarten in order to produce two paintings a month at the fee of $200 each, which personally, I mean, I don't know the transfer of money from the 1970s into now i'm sure it actually was further than what it is but 200 dollars a painting oh that's that's he's getting he's getting ripped off right now for his work which is sort of sad and so with all this going on stonehand really had to crunch for inspiration because you know you're making you're essentially being forced to think of ideas twice a month every month that are of high quality for this gallery And so he actually combined the inspiration of his wife's recent poem about his life and the photograph that was taken 20 years prior over in Chicago as inspiration. So Stoneham is then quoted as explaining this, The hands were all in the possibilities. You were left with the question, 
Are these disembodied hands, are they dissembered, floating there in space, or are they connected to bodies? He is quoted as saying this in reference to the hands that are seen in the background of the painting. Stonehand wrapped up his contract in 1974 with the large gallery show put up by Feinsgarten. There, The Hands Resist Him was actually purchased by the actor John Marley, famous for his roles in the movie uh, The Godfather, and uh, he is a character that most people remember from the scene in which he woke up with the horse in his bed, in his, like, under the sheets of his bed. And that gallery also led to the painting's first press mention by the Los Angeles Times. It was reviewed by the noted art critic Henry Seldes. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. We'll just continue on. And between the years of 1978 and 1984, the three men associated closest to the hands resist him all passed away. Now, these are the three men aside from Stoneham, who the, being the painter of the photo. But the other three are the aforementioned. So this is Saldiz, who passed away in 1978. Steinsgarten, who died in 1981. Uh, only three years later and then marley who again only three years later died in 1984 although he actually at this point did sell the painting he wasn't actually the current owner of it when he passed away but he was the first owner so people sort of latch him into the mysterious death category so it had been 26 years since stonehand had heard of the painting at this point so this is future reference. This is like more modern times. Uh, we're in the mid-2000s during the internet age. And all these deaths have happened. They sort of passed. No one really took this into consideration. And unbeknownst to him, his painting sort of just pops back up. It was abandoned behind a California brewery during an sort of turned art space type thing. And in 2000... The painting resurfaced again on a listing in eBay. So this is where the internet craze sort of begins. The family selling it wrote a description of the painting and sort of attached a macabre horror story in order to essentially boil down to essentially getting more bids and getting it to be a higher payment. So they are, they are quoted as writing this in the description of the Hands Resist Him. When, and this is in all caps too, so keep that in mind. When we received the painting, we thought it was really good art. The eBay seller is quoted as saying, At the time, we wondered a little while a seemingly perfect fine painting would be discarded like that. This is in quotes. Today, we don't! Exclamation point three times. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the child in the photo was fighting and coming into the room during the night. There was a lot of run-on sentences there, and again, there was this was all in capitalization. So the father of this young girl set up a motion-sensitive... Oh, I don't know why I said it like that. Motion-sensitive camera in her room in order to show his daughter that nothing was there to be afraid of. It was just simply a painting. I don't know why they hung this painting up in their four-and-a-half-year-old daughter's room. We'll get into this in a moment, but that just seems like an odd point of the story. Instead, during the review of this footage that he put up, he saw the boy of the photograph crawl out from the painting. The last two pictures purportedly show the doll coming to life as well and using a quote-unquote 
gun that is held in her hand in order to force the boy to leave the painting. This is quoted from a BBC-reported article in 2002. These details proved to be a huge draw for buyers, and the eBay listing was viewed more than 30,000 times back in the early 2000s. Some of these viewers even complained to the seller to have experienced supernatural or paranormal occurrences on their own just by merely visiting the listing and viewing the painting themselves. One, this is from uh, a spokesman from the Washington Post, I believe, or from the Spoke, which is, I believe, from Washington as well. So this is quoted as saying, one reported hearing an exorcist-type sound along with a blast of hot air after viewing the listing. Another reported to that he became ill while viewing the painting and had a burn white sage in order to cleanse his house afterwards. Lastly, another reported a blackout slash mind control experience, which seems odd, but okay. By the time the painting was sold to gallery owner Kim Smith for $1,025, its legend began to spread across the internet. A month after the eBay auction ended, Smith spoke with a paranormal website being called uh, surfingtheapocalypse.com with, with what happened to her, their life after purchasing the painting and having owned it, you know, being the haunted eBay painting type thing. So they are quoted for what they experienced after purchasing this photo, and they say, I wish I could report a bizarre happening or mind control type possession thing going on. But the unusual things started happening when the first email and came in. Smith said in 2000 when reporting on this, Prayers and quotes from the scripture of the man of faith. I believe they're referring to the Bible, I guess. I don't know why they word it like this. Advice on how to cleanse my residence from evil spirits from a Native American shaman in Mississippi. Oh, they're just describing a holy man, the first one. Uh, from Mississippi. Reports of people being repulsed, having physical, being physically ill, or suffering from the aforementioned blackout and mind control experiences. So essentially, what is being said here... Um, what Smith is saying is that he is not reporting anything of weird happening for him being the current owner of that painting. However, a bunch of people are still reporting that they're having weird stuff happen to them or just giving advice and figuring out how to help. Uh, they're like, oh, this is so haunted. You need this advice. You need to do this. You need to get rid of that spirit. It's just a photo. I have it in my house. I'm fine. Nothing's happening. So today, the painting rests in a storage pocket in Smith's Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and documentary filmmaker Greg Gibbs has been there, um, has been in Grand Rapids since Tuesday. This is way, 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 way back when this article was being written, so keep this in mind. And he filmed a documentary on the history of the painting. A feature film uh, was will be directed by Darren Kyle O'Neill, and... I'm sure that is out right now. Actually, let me look that up real quick because at the point of this, it probably should be out. Um, hands. Sorry if you can hear that typing in the background. The hands resist him film. I know there's like fan-made films and stuff like that that come out every now and then. And there's one in 2010. There's one in 2014. There's, there's one. These haunted internet craze type things always have some weird fan films. 
Uh, let's do documentary. Yeah, still not seeing it. Um, weird. So I don't see that there is a documentary out. Well, I don't know if it was ever made. Yeah, I don't think they ever made this documentary. So perhaps it is not out. Um, so I guess stay tuned for it. I don't know what's going on with their documentary, but whatever. So continuing with the article. Oh, okay. Literally the next sentence continuing the article says the status of the project is unclear. So I'm assuming they just didn't make it. So at this time, Smith is 61. So at the time of writing this article, so he should be late 60s, early 70s around this time, if he's still around, um, and has been only been asked to show the painting six times. One of the most memorable occurrences, oh my God, I can't speak today, was in 2007 when about a dozen or so men ranging from the ages of like mid to late teens into their 60s came in order to witness the painting. 20 seconds passed and just silence, Smith says. And then someone said, that's creepy. Smith recently received a low six-figure offer for the painting but turned it down. I love how it's like a low six-figure offer. Bro, it's six figures. You bought that painting for a grand. I would totally, I would totally pick it up. I don't even care if it's, you know some crazy person wanting it for their paranormal collection or something like that it's six it's like six grand six six figures i should say hell i take six grand if i bought it for a grand so nothing has ever been to this point where i would consider it serious uh smith is continued as quoted it sort of has its own type of mystique so to this day at the point of writing this article uh steinham so i guess he is around like early what's it called he should be around 70 at this point. He still receives a handful of messages every single week, which is terrible, and I feel bad for him. I hope he has a separate separate email account and a separate uh, mailbox because he gets these so frequently, and they're all completely tied to the quote-unquote haunted eBay, eBay painting. So these are just people who keep refinding the story. So Steinham continues to get that, and he is again again quoted as saying this, We live in an age of science, of revelation, and hard realities, and hard facts. But we are still drawn to the mysterious. And what is more mysterious than paintings? More than just an object, paintings are a one-of-a-kind thing recreated by someone using their own hands. And the article wraps up by saying, and sometimes those hands create something that horrifies people for decades. So yeah, (laughs) if you can't really glean this from the article and the research that they did, the hands resist him again is very much in the realm of a creepypasta or internet craze. As of right now, there is absolutely no credible paranormal claims to be tied to the painting. Sure, it's a little creepy, but it's not that creepy, guys, believe me. I've, you know, being a art major and having done art history for like four straight years and having to look at a lot of very bizarre photos and paintings, I can tell you with rather, rather strong certainty that this is nowhere near a, the creepiest painting that could be out there. 
it's definitely bizarre. It just seems sort of off-putting for someone who might not really be into art. Uh, especially since most people who had this, they put it up on their wall, they put it into a gallery, so it just sort of seems out of place. And from what I can sort of gleam too, Stoneham didn't do so many paintings like this, so I'm assuming in the overall original gallery that the, that was this was displayed on that John Marley purchased it, that was sort of an out-of-place thing for it as well. So people probably were drawn to it, and then because it was out-of-place and because it was slightly weird, it just had this sort of uneasy feeling attached to it. Now again, the spark in which paranormal stuff actually was drawn to it was simply put that eBay description. Before this point, no one else reported anything. No one really associated the three deaths of the critic, the the curator of the gallery, and uh, John Marley to the painting itself. They just had been deaths up until this point. And no one really has any credible evidence to come forward in order to prove these so-called claims of paranormal happenings. The eBay lister is unnamed. There's really no official name attached to them aside from their account and i believe it might even be unknown and the alleged you know motion sensitive camera that was put up witnessing the boy crawling out of the photo and the girl holding a gun those don't seem to be out there you look those up and you can't find them i've looked like i've double checked i've triple checked i can't find them And then, for the most part, you find fan films of it being depicted and stuff like that. And that's really it. There's no one, there's no real credible stuff to this. And ultimately, it does get chalked up to being a creepypasta slash urban legend. But it is an interesting one, uh, to say the least, because this is sort of the beginning of the internet craze. This was one of, if not the first, big 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 haunted paintings that sort of sparked that type of story and craze again this is the 2000 this is literally 2000 to 2002 when this massive massive spike is going on for it and uh this is before youtube this is around the age of i I don't even know if reddit was really around at that point um maybe like in, in in its infancy but like twitter wasn't around here youtube again facebook So all these things that we're really used to on the internet wasn't there, and we had all these sort of forums, uh, that's what it was, 4chan is what sparked it, but we had all these forums and chat sites and places where people with similar like-mindedness in these topics could interact, and because of that sort of atmosphere, I think it was just a perfect time for these types of stories to just blow up, and then when YouTube came around and when Reddit came around and Twitter You had these people like me uh, who were reporting on these types of photos and paintings and haunted objects and paranormal eBay listings and all these sort of crazy things. And it just blew up. And now we're in this age of people recapping early 2000s haunted items. But yeah, so that is it for the Hands Resist Him. There's really not much more to talk about. Um, The painting really hasn't done anything ever since this last like reporting. Again, aside from random people reporting that because they saw a photograph of it on the internet, they're now haunted. I'm not really going to put too much uh, stock into those ones because it doesn't seem too credible for me. And none of them actually provide any evidence either. So tough. Sorry, guys. 
but yeah, so I'm going to be wrapping that up. This is the March uh, winner, essentially. Or I should say February winner, because that would make it a lot more... It would have it make a lot more sense. So this is the February poll winner of the Patreon poll. So the March poll will be put up, I believe, in about a week or so, uh, or the end of this week at the time of recording this, I should say. And the polls that I have up, they run until the very, very, very last weekend of the month. So come that Sunday of of the last Sunday of the month, the poll will end. And then that next Saturday being, or it should be the first weekend of the next month when this should be uploaded, future chain. That's sort of how this sort of poll is going to go down. And that's sort of how this listener slash Patreon supporter type creator or listener um i don't even know how to describe what this is listener slash patreon supported whole content i it's a long title sure i'll figure something out for it but it's just the patreon poll and that's sort of how it's going for now i'm sure things will change if more people get on board but i have no idea because i can't really i might my schedule is like three weeks out at max, and so we'll see how that goes. But if you guys did enjoy this sort of content and you do want to participate in the next month's poll, which will be coming out again soon, you could do so by going over to the Patreon. Again, we have a $1, 3 and $5 tier list. These are for the slightly higher tiers, so the $1 won't be able to participate. Although, maybe you could. I don't really know. Um, I have to double check that I'm fairly certain you can't if you are a lower tier but i could always change that if more people do want that to be an option for them you do still get content such as bonus episodes behind the scene content and monthly newsletters in relation to the podcast and other sort of spooky mishaps that will be happening in the future so be sure to go check that out and again if you cannot help out monetarily you can do so by leaving a review or a you know, rating of any sorts, or by checking out the Instagram and Twitter where you can get some updates for future content and stay tuned for other sort of mishaps that I might be posting about. Twitter, I have very much recently been ranting about SEPTA and my commute to work because it sucks most nights. So if you want to listen to that, go listen to that. Otherwise, I will be tuning out and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember to stay spooky, and I shall see you guys next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.